Does all the attention Jennifer Lopez gets, does that bother? Is there, is there rivalries, by the way, in this business? There are rivalries, but I don't think she has anything to do with me. I mean, my whole thing is singing, writing She's songs. She's an actress. Yeah, and, you know, I've been doing this, you know, my whole life. Singing is, the, is first and foremost. It's a God-given talent that I'm grateful for. Her thing is something different. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's Nick, Gareth, and Gia. This week, we're exposing J-Lo. Straight out the gate, that's what we're doing. That's what we came here to do today. We came here to put everything this girl has done on the table, let you guys um, in on the evidence and the tea, and then you can walk away with your own opinions. It's not about bringing down a successful female. It's about shining light on the females that could have been more successful. I also want to add that I think that we we feel like we need to do this just as our due diligence as a lamb to n- let people not only know what she has stolen from Mariah, but from what other Black female artists that she has stolen from. Oh yeah, we also got to shout out uh, Black Femininity TV and Honest for their YouTube videos on this subject. If you haven't seen their videos about this, please go and watch them because we got a lot of their our references from them and their amazing channels. Yeah, they're honestly, they're YouTube legends at this point. Yeah, they are. Like, I feel like, especially Black Femininity TV, I felt like most of what she was talking about there was like some gaps to be filled in because obviously I've not revisited the whole like ins and outs of Jennifer Lopez for a long time because I just don't care about her. But this actually did feel a whole lot more interest in revisiting it through this particular episode on this channel. Oh yeah, learning about the stuff that this woman has Stop. allegedly been been a part of is kind of crazy if you think about it, because how has this girl not been called out is what I want to know. Like, there have been several instances of, like, people have talked about it, and and they tried to make Mariah look crazy when she spoke out about it, but I just, I don't understand. So, yeah, like Nick said, we're doing our lamb due diligence today. We're bringing this stuff to the light, and we're calling her out. Jay lovers I'm talking to you right now. If you I, have I hope you're listening, Jay lovers. Yes, we are being shady. Yes, we are being real. We are real, as Jennifer Lopez likes to call herself. Send it to your lamb friends who don't know all about this. This is supposed to be a a verbal form of educating the lamely and not only the lamely people, the general population altogether about the shady shit that Jennifer Lopez has done and has gotten away with for all of these years. Period. I don't think I could have said it better. So yeah, Jay lovers, if you're listening, hopefully you give us your comments and your um, opinions. And I want to know your excuses for listening to this woman after we give you all of our tea. That's what I want to know. Because after I've learned all this stuff and I tried to listen to her music, it was just very difficult for me to try and justify how I could potentially, even though I'm not, be a fan of this woman. So that's how I feel. Like, I want to know how, how do you justify, like, I want to know what your excuse is. When I was growing up, Jayla was pretty big. Her music wasn't the biggest thing ever, but she was just always out there. She was always doing something, putting out a movie and her older music was still playing. Like Jenny from the block was still a big song even when I was, like, growing up. I, what year did Jenny from the Block come out, you guys? Do you 2002. know? 2002. Yeah, okay, 2002. Yeah, so even in, like, the late 
2000s, it was still being played everywhere because I I remember that being a thing. And then I remember when On the Floor came out with Pitbull. I loved On the Floor. I loved it. It was so catchy. I was obsessed with it. I remember when I was really young, I saw this movie. It was called Enough. And it was about an abu- abusive relationship. And J-Lo like, learns how to fight. And she fucking whoops this motherfucker's ass, her, her husband's ass who like set up their entire relationship. Like he like stalked her and then like kind of like tricked her into falling in love with him. And then he abused her and then stalked her all around the fucking country until she had to like, spoiler alert, by the way, get fucking buff and like whoop his ass and fucking kill him. And then I loved her. I was like, yes, JLo, come on. I loved her in that movie. And then of course I saw Selena and things of that nature. But ultimately I wasn't ever like, a huge fan of this girl. It wasn't like, oh, I love her. I need to like collect her stuff or like figure out everything. It was just, she was there. She was very prevalent. I knew who she was. I knew that she was called J-Lo. I knew that she was Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo. Basically, she was just there. My memory of J-Lo, my very first memory of J-Lo was the Selena movie. And then I do remember when On the Six came out because it was really, really big. And this was during the Latin explosion time around like 98, 99, where just Latin artists were coming out of everywhere. Um, I do remember that. I did own that album. Um, I owned the J-Lo album and I was really obsessed with it. I hate saying it. I love that album growing up. Uh, and then... I found out what she did with the J-Lo album. And that's when I started to become really uh, petty and really angry at J-Lo. And I've said this in previous podcasts. I used to buy her albums and upload them to Napster and let everybody download them illegally so that people wouldn't go out and purchase her album. And I like I would trick people and changing titles to Mariah tracks with the intention of them thinking that it was a J-Lo track and have them download mariah instead of a j-lo track there's there's a one album that i really liked from j-lo it was the brave album but i don't think she stole from anybody on that album but i i really like that album that's really my experience with j-lo i was a fan when she started to do the music stuff because before that she wasn't really that big over here like selena wasn't a thing over here so when the selena movie wasn't a thing over here either i mean i'm sure it was somewhere but it wasn't huge and it wasn't really any kind of deal so i wasn't really aware of any of that but then i remember it's that kind of name jennifer lopez like in the 90s i remember it being a name that like popped up in films and stuff and it's just like so oh i've heard the name before but like who is it and out of sight probably was the most talked about thing this is obviously from my memory i was a child then so out of sight is probably the most talked about thing from the beginning or the early days of her career that i remember so when she did the music when if you have my love um first you know sort of started coming out I kind of thought oh I've, I've heard the name before I'm sure she's a movie star or whatever and then it's just like she's doing music now it felt like she'd been around a while but there was not really anything that you could sort of be like oh it's because of this movie and this movie or this and that you know you couldn't really she wasn't known for anything so um I don't know if anybody in the UK who's listening to this feels the same way maybe they've got their own memories and they 
they attached to her, but this is this is just mine. So If You Had My Love was very, it was a very nice song. I am a fan of Rodney Darkchild Jerkins and pretty much anything that he has made over the years has pretty much been decent. So apart from the pussycat doll stuff, but like, you know, it was kind of clean, but it sounded ahead of its time. So I've always like listened to his stuff. So I was interested in the On The Six album. I bought the On The Six album. Didn't really listen to a lot of the songs on there. And then I did sort of buy, well, no, I did buy the second album, but then sort of lost interest in her after, what was the song? If You, no, not If You Have My Love. Love Don't Cost A Thing. And of course, then she had a signature song, which was the Jenny From The Block thing. And then again, sort of like, reignited my attention but not my interest so to speak and it just died off again after that and then all this stuff about her stealing from other people sort of came out and I was just like okay I'm not gonna bother again she did have that album in 2005 which had get right on it and for me it was all kinds of like something that Janet Jackson could have made so I again like it was nice and some of the dark child songs on there are nice but again it's just like it could have been even better if Janet Jackson had have done it. So again, I just, nothing really makes me want to go back to J-Lo. But I do feel like what you just said, Nick, um, about that other album, I do feel like after, is it Rebirth, that Get Right album? After that, it sort of did tail off a little bit. Like there wasn't really any kind of trail of her stealing anything from anybody else. I mean, I'm sure she did, but there's not nothing for like huge artists. Then. It's known that um, the Brave album is when Jennifer Lopez stopped using other people's vocals. I'm, I'm sure that she was hearing from other artists and other people that it was shady as fuck. So she, I guess that she went ahead and I would call it her debut, recorded her debut album with Brave. Wait, wh- when was the Brave one? Because there's the whole part where she like used Sia's vocal. Uh, Brave came out in, I want to say 2000 and six or seven or eight oh well she she definitely didn't stop because there's the whole there's a whole nother moment where she like tries to pass off her sia's vocals as her as well so she's just a mess in my opinion jennifer lopez started her career on a show as a dancer called in living color and it was kind of like a comedy sketch kind of show here in America and she had this really short ugly haircut and she was just a background dancer she kind of like almost was like Paula Abdul in a way but what really got Jennifer Lopez noticed at least here in America was the movie Selena so in my eyes would Jennifer even be relevant today if Selena hadn't died? That's a really important question that I like to ask myself. Well, yes, let's talk about it real quick because Selena is like the biopic before biopics were a thing. Like it's the movie made about Selena's career, life, career, and ultimately murder, tragic death at the hands of her like fan club organizer, Yolanda. And who, who, by the way, gets out of jail next year. Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's going to have a, a easy time with that. But um, yeah. So basically, to answer your question, I don't know if she would be nearly this successful if Selena had, hadn't died. Because in my opinion, Selena was gaining so much momentum right before she died. I think yeah. Selena would have been the biggest thing right there. Yeah, I think Selena would have been Jennifer Lopez. 
And that's it's really interesting to think about what would have been with Selena. Music would probably be better if Selena was around because when you think back to that Latin explosion in 1999-2000, if Selena was around for just three or four more years, she would have probably been Jennifer Lopez. I mean, she, apparently from what I've learned, she she was quite huge and she was breaking through into sort of like mainstream pop music before she died. So I do feel that like if she'd have had like, I don't know, maybe one, two or even three albums in the mainstream, that would have taken her right up to 98, 99, 2000 when the whole Latin explosion thing um, happened. And I feel like that would have, would have reignited where she came from originally and I feel like she could have then incorporated her influences into that because we had people like obviously we had Ricky Martin we had Enrique Iglesias we had even Whitney did that song with Enrique Iglesias Mariah had a moments as well where she'd done a few Latin songs there were so many people doing it so Jennifer Lopez was coming out at this time and I do feel that it kind of replaced what we could have had from this artist and I don't know fully the impact of selena like i've not felt it because i've not heard i don't think i even know any of her songs to be fair selena's impact is huge huge. yeah i've heard it's huge but i I, like i said i've not heard anything i don't know because she wasn't that huge over here but i feel like that could have been a real good journey for her to hispanic people selena is very, very important. And and she was very influential. Every Hispanic person I've met and talked to, she was like a part of their culture, I think, in a way. Like, that's like how I perceive it to be. Like, that's how she was represented. I don't even know Spanish music. And I was so influenced by Selena's death that I purchased her first, her first album here in America. That's how much yeah. it was like influential here in america during that time yeah selena was literally so like she was really big what in the early 90s she was really big in like the the south part of the country and then uh, like in mexico i think like across like across the border because she was like from corpus christi which is like in texas so i think that they like went like back and forth across from like mexico into the u.s like they were like really big right down there and then right before she died she was a she was like on her way blowing up like i think she won a grammy like right before she got fucking murdered and she was like literally on her way up like you know how like doja cat started in music like a lot longer before she blew up selena was like on her come up her say so doja cat moment as she was like on her way out sort of situation okay so to answer your question no i don't think selena or i don't think jayla would be nearly as big or influential today without the passing the untimely death of selena all right all right so after selena um jennifer lopez was trying to shop around to different uh record labels to be signed and at this time Tommy Matola was obviously trying to get back at Mariah she had just broken out in her of her mold you know her cocoon and he was trying to replace her so JLo is signed to Sony and she's preparing her new album let's talk about it okay well that album was called on the six um, it's one of the albums that I own. It's one of those albums that you buy and you 
never listened to. Like, does that make sense? Like, I bought the album, but I maybe listened to it one or twice, once or twice, but I never really listened to it again. Yeah. But I remember the first time I saw her her debut single, which right out the gate, Jennifer Lopez was stealing from an artist named Shantae Moore. Yes. So JLo's song, If You Had My Love, was almost an identical copy of Shantae Moore's If I Gave Love or If I Gave You Love. And it was written for her. And then P. Diddy heard the song and he said, no, I need this for J-Lo. So he had like the exact same song written for her by the same guy who wrote Shantae Moore's song. So technically they're not the exact same song, but if you listen to them, they're the exact same song. The lyrics are like kind of swapped around a little bit, but the melody is almost the exact same and they're interchangeable in my opinion. Shantae Moore in my opinion, she could have had a fat lawsuit. And I'm sure she tried, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, straight out the gate, J-Lo is committing the thievery, allegedly. All of this is alleged. Well, I think, um, I think P. Diddy actually, actually stole the song. But I don't believe that she was, you know, 100% oblivious to the fact that this song was being stolen. But that's the point that I'm trying to make with Jennifer Lopez on this podcast is she's always so quiet about it and she never takes accountability because you know yeah, you she guys has wait to till, know. Yeah, you guys got to wait for me to get to the conclusion of the episode because that's what, when, if you guys have listened to our Shade episode, that's what I said at the very end. I was like, okay, yeah, all of this has happened, but you're too fucking quiet for me. I remember that part. Um, of our shadiest moment episode. But yeah, basically, why have you never spoke about any of it? That's how I feel. Allegedly, this song was apparently, it had already been stolen, it had already been recorded and ready for, I think it had already been given to radio and apparently it was played to Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson had said he'd loved the song and everybody was like thinking shit because he said he liked it, but then he did back it up by saying, for somebody else. And I wish that he'd have, like, taken it, because he could have... I mean, I know Shantae Moore had it first, and, yeah, that should have been a thing for Shantae Moore, because I do believe that Shantae Moore is very talented, her music is good, she should have had a, a proper moment, because I feel like all she's done, she's had, like, so many albums, but there's only, like, one or two maybe three or four songs that are really signature songs for her. But I just wish that Michael Jackson had have got his hands on it. But like, yeah, cancel all that. I'm having it. It's going to be mine. Um, J-Lo and I came out around the same time when her first album came out. And Rodney Jerkins actually came and wrote this wonderful song for me called um, If I Gave Love. And you know, the Jennifer Lopez song was If You Had My Love. He wrote the same song for her. I heard that it was because Puff Daddy walked in and said, and heard my song and said, I want that song. And he was like, yeah, well, that's already taken. You know, we wrote that for Shantae and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want that song. So Rodney wrote really the same song. Honestly, if you hear my song, it's the really? same song. Oh, Mine man. says, if you had my love, then give me. If you had my trust, would you use it against me? Hers, I don't know. I don't, can't even remember because it's so close. I can't even sing it right now. Yeah, same song. But we should have been aggressive instead of backing off our single because that was going to be my next single after Shantae's Got a Man. And we backed off of it because J-Lo had such a machine at the time. 
I wouldn't even know that this was a thing until like she'd said that to be fair. So all right. Also on Jennifer Lopez's first album, the second song that had some sketchiness surrounding it was Waiting for Tonight. So this was stolen from a UK group called Third Party, right? I've never heard of them. <laughs> I had never heard of them either. But I heard the, I remember hearing the song originally. The only time I've heard Waiting for Tonight was Jennifer Lopez's yeah, version. Same. But she she stole the song from a group called Third Party. And allegedly she hated the song, but she ended up recording it and she kept the exact vocals on the background for Waiting for Tonight. Which is in my opinion, ridiculous. I feel like she probably only did this song and had it on the album to make sure that it could translate over to the UK to to help ensure her as some kind of international superstar because she'd already got a very polished American sounding If You Had My Love. And everyone loved that sound at that particular moment. And obviously the Latin stuff was coming in. So she'd already got that. But then for this song to be a UK song, uh, and if you've heard it, it's got a very typical a 90s kind of like boppy techno like backdrop to it. I can understand yeah. why no one would want to record this, but it kind of worked for the time. And it led into the other songs that we got later on. What's it called? Let, Let's Get Loud or something. And that became like a big song from the album as well. Oh, yeah, that is from the same album. Yeah. So I feel like. Let's Get Loud? Let's Get Loud. Yeah. I think that's what. Yeah. I thought that was from the JLo album. No, no that's on on the six. Oh, like, God. And it was probably. I, I, that was that... the album I listened to uh, studying for this was on the six. And I listened to a little bit of JLo. I feel like with that in mind, what I've just said, maybe that's not her, obviously, because I don't think she's that intelligent it's probably tommy matola whispering all that stuff in a way okay we need to have this song because this will, might help project the song in in europe let's say probably not just the uk you know what i mean it i will say this i've not heard the original i've heard parts of the original and i do feel it's completely redundant the song is a bit of a redundant song it's just a 90s sounding club song and it's easy forgettable as well it's not very good no no None of her music is really, really good. It's just, it's, it's catchy. Her music is catchy. No, I was listening to the, I tried to listen to the whole first album, you guys. I made it like, I, I got a significant chunk through and it just really impressed me how vocally boring it was. Like, I just like, it didn't go anywhere. It really didn't do anything for me. And I was just kind of shook and I, was left wondering like who really resonates with this like I really didn't feel anything except maybe like from one song I like kind of liked the melody but even the one song I really liked I was like yeah but the vocal's not there and which is okay like some songs some artists they're not vocalists and they're not there for the vocal they're they're there to put on a show but the album itself it didn't feel like a body of work. You know what I mean? I think that not necessarily the album, but just Jennifer Lopez as a whole resonates with stage mums with talentless kids. You know, those stage mums that are like, yeah, you can do it. And they sound like shit. That's who JLo resonates with. Exactly. It's more like a literal factory made album. Yeah. 
just cut and paste, put it all together. Let's get it out. Let's get a cash grab and keep it pushing. We did later learn with all of her endorsements that she heavily relied on. That's exactly what she is. Exactly. Because in my opinion, what I've seen from her and known from her is more like all of the commercials she's been in, Mm -hmm. all of the things she's like represented, all of the movies. I'm not trying to like go super off subject, but I, I watched the movie Hustlers the other day and she had this scene where she like did like almost like a five minute pole dance. And during the whole time, I just kept looking at it and being like, I kept, I could not help but think her thing is something different. Like I was like thinking about like Mariah the whole time. And I was just like, her thing is something different. It's something different. Her thing is something different. And that's not to shade like, oh, she was being a sh- like acting and playing a stripper in a movie or anything. Like it wasn't like that. It was just like this girl she's famous for for this she's famous for just being there it's just what she represents to me like she's in the movie for obviously to get fans of her to go see the movie right and then she's like up there on the pole because she can like she's obviously got like the body she's got the strength and she's got like the endurance but I'm just over here thinking she's not a musician like she's not an artist she doesn't have a craft her thing is something different it's just different so I just had to like I was realizing that when I was listening to the album and then ultimately watching her in that movie like I just cannot compare her to an artist i think what you've said just about her not having a craft is perfect because even aside from the music which you know we'll go through but like aside from that even her movies like could you imagine her playing a serious role in anything and actually killing it apart from some like really shitty chick flick that she's done in the past i can't imagine her like and again i'm not comparing but you know meryl streep did margaret thatcher in that movie and killed it could you imagine i'm not gonna say she's gonna do that kind of role but could you imagine her doing any other role apart from selena any other role where she could take it on and absolutely slay the fuck out of it unless that's a good point that's such a good point literally what jennifer lopez is is she's just a cash grab artist could you imagine jennifer lopez playing rose in titanic can you, literally never literally no you're you laughing imagine? but like literally never like she does not have that she does not have that her thing is something different her thing is Geely and uh the wedding movies and whatever the rom-com yeah, yeah. right but Let's like only only selectively though like she she's not even like the main character in the rom-com except in like a couple is there anything else from her debut album? I know it's feeling so good. Allegedly, there's unknown background singers. And that's probably because people have signed everything over, you know, so then they've not become famous or anything. But the vocals are really nice. You don't, it's going to, this is going to be a theme throughout the whole episode, I think that we're going to touch on is that there's elements where you can hear that there's some kind of JLo voice, but it's not, it doesn't feel like it's the lead. It's not there up front. And it, it, it's lost. It's just there to like maintain some kind of sound. And I do feel like feeling so good and those particular songs where we do know the singer and don't know the singer, they become 
the lead. So on the six had, I don't know if it was a bonus track, but it is the last track. It is the last track. Yep, the the last last track. track. Yeah, I remember it. It's Do You Know Where You're Going To? And although it, I don't know if it came out in the US in 98, but it came out in the UK in 99. But still, like, she had Tommy pushing her. And as we all know, Do You Know Where You're Going To? was also a track on the number ones album, the original number ones album from Mariah Carey, the first one. And that was in the UK or Europe or whatever, but it wasn't on the US version, am I right? Yes, this is the very first song. This is the very first song. And a lot of people don't know this, that Jennifer stole or Tommy stole. They both stole from Mariah. Because she would have known. She would have known. She she had to have because she put out number ones in 98. But on the six came out in 99. It still had Do You Know Where You're Going To on it in the UK. So I think Mariah was like, I see what these bitches are doing. Let me not put this out in the U.S. Because even though it came out first, I think she knew Tommy's going to push this new girl. Yeah. And I think maybe she did try. She probably did ask questions and probably try and push. Like, why is this not going to be on this? We don't, I don't know. But like, I feel like if she had an idea to put it on a record, it would have been for the U.S. Because that's where she's got most of her number ones. Like, why would it not be there? So for me, why wouldn't she push for this? Like, it's not going to be on the track listing in the U.S. Like, why not? And then if they say it it's was, good. it was released in the U.S. on an EP called Valentine's in 2000, but it was like a Walmart exclusive that had five tracks on it. And do you know where you're going to? Was the last track on it? But that sounds like such a record label alternative option. Yeah, exactly. And. In a way, this is just from me speculating, I feel like she probably just let it go because they could have come after Sweetheart. I mean, there's not many songs they could have come after, but like I, they could have come after Sweetheart or Do You Know Where You're Going To because there's not really a lot going on vocally for those songs. So in a way, yeah, let that one go. So she probably didn't put up that much of a fight. She probably asked the right questions, but I just don't get why they had to do it. And I don't get what obstacles were put to her to be like, no, it's not going to be on the US album. I just didn't get it. I wish it was on the US album. I know, Nick, you say you don't like it, but I I don't hate the song. I just don't like, if you listen to Jennifer Lopez's version and Mariah's version back to back, for real, which one is better? Literally, that's what I was thinking too. I listened to the, I listened to the album Eventually, I cut to the end to that song because I wanted to hear it. And I was like, this bitch is like literally talking. It's not <laughs> even like singing. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I had the original um, CD of the number ones, obviously the European version. And yeah, there's like, what, one or two American number ones missing from it. I Don't Want to Cry is one of them. And it's replaced with Without You. I think that's it, actually. Without You and Do You Know Where You're Going To are the only songs that are different. But, like, listening to the OG pressing of the vinyl and the repress of the vinyl, like, just just as it, I just put it on and let it play. And, like, obviously, when I get to the end, I am missing Do You Know Where You're Going To because I'm so used to hearing it. It's totally opposite for me. It's so unknown over here. I really, I played, I played it out a lot in 2019. I was really, really into Do You Know Where You're Going To. I've never really gotten into it. I appreciate it, but I've never really gotten into it. Yeah, I I mean, me neither, but I just feel it like for the number ones and what the number ones is, you have that iconic beginning and then obviously there's all the number ones. It's just a nice kind of like close of the album for me. 
yeah it needed i think it needed a little more bonus track area moment yeah yeah but i don't have anything other than that to add to the first album to be fair well let's go into the second album because this is where it starts getting shady as fuck the shadiest album of them all it was called j-lo or something i forget oh oh, this is when she actually got the name isn't it Jayla. This is when she started dating uh, Puff Daddy, P Daddy, whatever his name was back then, or whatever his name is now. This is when she started dating um, P Diddy. But there's a lot of shady shit that came from this album. A lot of shady shit. And this is by far her biggest album ever. Oh, really? I thought this might be when people started to like, sort of like, check out, really. Because I know those singles were big, but the album isn't that great like the album tracks aren't that great like the singles yet all radio friendly but it's way too polished it's way too over the top and obviously she's not given anything it's all to do with production but like i don't know i felt like it did something but i don't feel like it was that great i felt there was a lot more of um not authenticity but there was something more of a genuine package, at least from a record from the record company, um, yeah. in, in the original album compared to the second album. I mean, both are complete tripe, but like the second album was just look what I can look what I've got. It wasn't like look what I can do, look what I've got. Basically, I felt like it was very much that. I know the song was the first song was like love, love my love or love don't cost a thing or whatever it's called, and she's throwing off a jury in the video and yeah okay it's a good statement blah 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 but the, everything about that whole album and everything that that time for her every time you see her is all about tacky gold jewelry and the album yeah. screams okay i'm gonna be real one time i was in the mall buying some makeup i was at the mac counter and um love don't cost a thing came on and i was like kind of getting into it and then i asked her i was like who is this and I was like, and she was like, it's J-Lo. And then I was like, what? It doesn't sound like her at all. And then um, I learned that it's it's literally not her at all. So No. Yeah. Love Don't Cost a Thing, the chorus and everything was sung by Georgette Franklin. And there are alleged unknown vocals on the background. With that same theme that Gareth was saying earlier, with a little bit of touch of Jennifer Lopez in it. The song was massive, though. Yeah, it was huge, and it was everywhere. I don't know if it was a number one here, actually. I think it might have been. And it's it's a nice song. It's really well written. It's, that's it. It's really... It's, I think it's very of the time as well. It yeah, is. Yeah, it was. It is, especially those sunglasses. But, like, it is very... The sunglasses, what... yes. Those yeah. sunglasses are kind of, like, iconic to her. And and definitely iconic to 2001. And like exactly. That's I was it. just going to say, and that, that era, yeah. Yeah. So I, I get it. I get it. I liked the song. I thought it's a good statement. And, of course, like, at this point, like, I was starting to notice things about her voice and whatnot. And I thought, okay, like, it doesn't seem like she's there for a lot of the recording. Because I was like, I was analyzing music a lot. This is like when I was decided this is what I want to go study. But like, I I was just listening and I thought, you can't hear what's, she doesn't resonate throughout the song. You know, it sounds like she just came in on certain days and then the, the, the dirty work, let's say, you know, it's quite a nice job to have, I guess, a backing singer. But like the rest of it was done by somebody else. Like the production, obviously, she didn't have anything to do with the production. And that's okay. But like, the background vocals 
you know, we talked about Leona Lewis in our last episode, but I feel like even when she, in some of her songs, they sound quite plastic, but you can still hear some of her vocals in the background. There's none of that with Jennifer Lopez. Because it's not Jennifer Lopez. Exactly. It's Georgette, Frank- it's Georgette exactly. Franklin. Okay, but I feel like even besides the fact that you guys are saying background vocal, I feel like there's so much of it that it's more present than her than JLo. So it like is it a background vocal? Like that's how I feel about it. It's yeah, it's... it is the main theme of the song because you'll see when you listen to Jennifer Lopez's music, when she sings, it's more like a talking singing. And then there's a big chorus or a big hook with somebody else's vocals on it, with her just kind of layered over it just a little bit. Exactly. That's what I meant when I said earlier, like the background singers are taking the lead. And but there's there, there's that sort of Jerome. I mean, we'll get to this later, but Jerome made a quote about Ashanti being sort of like under the bed vocals, referencing, you know, she was referenced. And it's like, well, it's not just referenced, like it's completely stolen because it's almost like JLo is under the bed singing and Ashanti's out there, you know, front of stage singing the song for her. And I feel like that's the case with all the background singers throughout JLo's whole career. Yeah, exactly. JLo is like silk from glitter. <laughs> yeah, she is silk. She ain't even backup. <laughs> George F. Franklin and Christina Milian and Ashanti are the backup in these songs. Plays a second single. The vocal is stolen by Christina Milian. Christina Milian was really big around this time, though. She she never really, she kind of got off the ground a little bit, but all of her music was stolen from her, basically. Hmm. And basically, the J-Lo album is Christina Milian and Ashanti. Oh, my God. Yeah, 100%. Like, like literally, written by them, sung by them. Yeah. But this uh, is the same theme from... Uh, Love Don't Cost a Thing. It's the background vocals that are Christina Milian and with a little bit of Jennifer played yeah. over it. Layered over it, but like yeah. barely. When did you guys get Christina Milian? What do you um, mean? Like, like when, I always had her. Oh, no, you would have done. But like in America then, like at the time, did Christina Milian come out in 2001 or 2002? Uh, around the same, oh, 01 and 02. Okay, because she I know was her with from like, whole, the like Disney, the Disney Channel. Yeah, she was grouped in with like Ashanti and Ja Rule. She was like that, like girl counterpart in all those songs. But she did have a song. I can't remember. Was it Dip It Low? Dip It Low. Yeah, that was like her biggest song here. Yeah, yeah, same here. She did have that because this is the thing. We got. We got all that from J-Lo and then we got play and it's like, oh yeah, she, it's great. And everyone was like, why is she swearing? Like, what's the point? Like, cause she, again, she was a very plastic safe artist. And then the vocals again, I was questioning the vocals at this point. And we got Christina Milian in like early 2002. Cause I remember there was a lot of talk about cloning Aaliyah, even though they're not the same artist. And when I heard AM to PM, I thought, this sounds familiar. And at the time, I was reading these comments where they're saying they, they're trying to clone Aaliyah. And I thought, maybe. And then, obviously, I was going back and hearing, like, bits here and Because play was dying out on the radio at this point, And it would occasionally come on. And if I caught it, I'd be like, hang on a second, this sounds 
like that. And again, that's where it started to confirm like, ah, okay, there's something they, I, I mean, it didn't occur to me fully at this point, but I was like, they're probably using the same people to work with and whatnot, or JLo's using the same background vocals. And then obviously as Christina Milian got bigger over here with AM to PM, cause it was quite a big song, not as big as Dip It Low. And then she revealed like, yeah, I wrote the song for Jennifer Lopez. And I was like, ah, okay. I remember AM to PM because I had the CD single for it. Yeah. Yeah, she had songs out, but they never got to the point that JLo songs got to. They were just like, it was almost like she was like a B artist. Yeah, 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 yeah. She never quite hit the mark with the public, but she did unknowingly with Play and these other songs. But yeah, let's go into I'm Real because I'm Real... Oh my God! Uh, we have a double whammy with I'm yes, real. Yes, let's talk yeah. about the the original, then the remix, okay? And they're both okay. double whammies. Yeah, th- th- we have a double whammy with this because this song was released twice. The original I'm real. We of course know the sampleation situation. Mariah Carey's iconic "Lover Boy" snatchation <laughs> of the of the firecracker <laughs> moment. But what you might not know is that the vocal is also stolen from Shailene Thomas. So the original I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez is a clusterfuck of thievery because one, Tommy allegedly, 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 allegedly stole the sample for J-Lo from Mariah and ultimately it wasn't even her voice on it. So who's really real? Mariah. And it's so ironic that this song is called I'm Real. But I think that's why Mariah said it when she did the book and she said I'm real at the end. I think because she's exactly. made, she's made comments before, like if I didn't if I had the luxury of not having to sing my own songs, then I'd probably do that too, you know. Uh, so I think that's exactly what she was getting at what we're saying here right now. It, Her it, thing is something different. And that as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like this, I mean Mariah probably would would have had the song if if Tommy was, because we spoke about this in our Basher episode, and Gia, you brought it up that so, um, sorry, Glitter was done under Columbia, which is still Sony. So he would have still had the rights to what was filmed or being filmed or the progress of the movie and probably soundtrack. Probably not so much the soundtrack, but I'm sure there were people that he could get in touch with and get these details from. He yes. would he would have access exactly. to things like that because the music is being used in the movie. Right. So he would abs- he would absolutely have access. And, and the commercial, the original commercial was out there as well. It's on YouTube somewhere with the original version of Loverboy. So it probably didn't get that far. I've always said that I feel that version we got in the rarities was the demo track she made for clearance of the sample, just because it screams that. But somehow, somewhere, some money was obviously, allegedly, interjected, and it was given to this fucking rat. And we got this song that's called I'm Real, yet there's nothing real about it. Exactly. I always have this image of in my head, you guys might too, of Tommy Matola sitting in this executive office with the door closed, listening to Loverboy, thinking like, how am I going to sabotage this with his like veins popping out of his neck? Like, how am I going to get this bitch back being all petty? I always get that image of my head. And sniffing around for cheese. He looks like a rat. Um, <laughs> What I don't get is like, okay, so you're going to be ballsy enough to steal from Mariah, but the song's not even good. Like, what are you doing? 
Like, it's just like Tommy's so fucking pressed to try to beat Mariah. He's not even making good, like, choices musically. It doesn't even make any fucking sense to steal that song or that sample. I think it was because it was the lead track from a Mariah record. He probably thought, oh, always her lead tracks go to number one. It would be a Yeah, this was when they were, yeah. Yeah, this would be a perfect opportunity for me to fucking get that sample and, uh, you know, completely, like, rip this apart. I mean, obviously, she was clever enough to to change it for something really easy to interject. Didn't get the number one, but was still, like, one of the most successful But that's crazy, because I'm I'm Real went to number one. I'm Real was the biggest single of 2001. The biggest and best- No, it wasn't Loverboy was. Loverboy was. No, I'm Real was. Was the biggest single of 2001. No, read the book again. I'm Real got the number one spot, but Loverboy was the best-selling single. Yeah, Loverboy was the best-selling single, but I'm Real was the best single of 2001, radio-wise. It was the biggest single of 2001. Yeah, I kind of get that. It was played a lot. For over here, it didn't feel like it was that big. It was played a lot on MTV. I feel like I'd heard Mariah's Loverboy on the radio more than um, Jennifer Lopez's Unreal. But yeah, on MTV, it was probably more J-Lo. Yeah. Well, it didn't get big until the remix, which she also stole from Ajanti. Not just Ajanti. And and kind of Mariah as well, because it's very much... There's like a double whammy in this one, too. Exactly. So basically, Jennifer stole Ashanti's background vocals, again, for the I'm Real remix. Plus, this is another shady Tommy Mottola thing, where he called Irv Gotti to come and produce this song with Ja Rule and Jennifer Lopez for the I'm Real remix that they stole the idea from from If We, from the Glitter soundtrack. I'm Real was so crazy, and I'm gonna throw Tommy under the bus a little bit, but I don't give a about Tommy, so it's all good. It's all good. I'm talking about Tommy Matola. Hey, get out of here. So Tommy Matola calls me at like 6 a.m., mm-hmm. 6, 7, it was obscenely early, and he calls me because he found out me and Rule made a record with Mariah Carey. Mm. And at the time, he hated Mariah Carey. So he was pumping Jennifer Lopez to compete. So he calls me 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, what's up, Tom? What the f*** you want? It's, 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 oh. He says, Irv, I need you to do me a favor. I said, what's up? I need you to make a record with J-Lo, but I want you to put Ja Rule on it and make it a duet kind of a record. So immediately when he says that, I'm like, this yeah, yeah. He knows we just did this shit with Mariah, which right. was a duety record, and he's trying to f*** Mariah. Yes, another song from the Glitter soundtrack as well, which is just devastating, completely devastating, because that biggest track from J-Lo, it's it's her biggest song on Apple. Um, It's like her her biggest selling moment, I'm Real. And it's a complete and utter If We Mariah ripoff and the Shanti's vocal. So it's like your biggest song on the platform is not even yours at all. Like, it's not creative. It's not genuine. And, and it's not you. So- and let's also add, let's also add that she says the N-word twice in the song. Oh, yes, I forgot, Nick. She also says the N-word. Casually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super casually. Like, uh, nobody would take any kind of offense to it. I mean, these lyrics would have been written by somebody else. 
and depending on who they're written by, they were written by J- Ja Rule. Yeah, yeah. But she didn't. She didn't have to sing it though. She shouldn't. Yeah, she didn't that. have to sing. She shouldn't. I don't know what that. she was thinking that she could just go out there and sing that, and people were pissed about it. I wonder if she asked, like, can I sing this? And I wonder if somebody said, yes, you can. Or if they gave, left it open to her. Like, if you feel like you're going to sing it, just sing it. Just sing the, the lyrics. And then she just ended up singing it and they left it in. I don't know. Why was nobody there to say, you shouldn't be saying this word? I know she should have had Ashanti sing it. <laughs> well, apparently, <laughs> apparently. The one time she didn't have Ashanti sing it, she's being racist. But this is the thing. Shante said that they referenced her vocals, and yet they they obviously have ghosted the vocals. No, Ashanti said that they she did the reference vocals for it, but they left, yes, they left her they left reference vocals on the track. Yeah, I wrote a song for her, and I also referenced I'm Real for her, and they left my background vocals on the record. And people, they say, you know, are you the ghost voice for <laughs> Yes, I heard that. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I referenced the record for her, which is, you know, done a lot in the music industry. And they left my background vocals on there, so. And that's the end of it. You're not the ghost voice, right? <laughs> not the ghost voice of J-Lo. <laughs> but there's there's one, in, um, not interview, it's like a chat. I can't remember who it's with. It's Shanti and it could be Irv Gotti, but I think it's somebody else, I can't remember now who it is, where they say that What's Love was going to be offered to J-Lo, like for the chorus, um, or given to her, and Ashante seems really shocked by it. So it makes me wonder a little bit, like, could Ashante's vocals, backing vocals, be given to um, Jennifer Lopez to sing over slightly, and they turn her down, and then it's Fat Joe featuring J-Lo, What's Love? And it, it, it just, it makes me wonder if Ashante was always in the know with each of these songs, like how much of her was going to be used, if at all. Yeah. We also have to remember that and think about this, that when, when Jennifer released the I'm Real remix with Ja Rule, Mariah basically did that first. And if you think about it, what would have happened if Mariah released If We... Because once Jennifer Lopez released this I'm Real remix with Ja Rule, it just became the thing to do in music at that time. So technically, Mariah was ahead of the curve with that one, too. Yes, 100%. And this is the thing with Mariah. She, I mean, she has always been ahead of the curve with certain things. But like, from our point of view, then, let's say our obviously non-professional music industry point of view, do you think that there's a good chance that Mariah could have fast-tracked if we as the second single. I mean, it's got 2002 screaming all over it, though. Proper summer 2002. But if she'd have fast-tracked this song and got it out, could it have been huge? Could it have clashed? I don't know. Maybe that's the reason she didn't put it out. I don't know. In 2020, If We was one of my most listened-to songs. It's one of my favourite Mariah songs. I love love If We. It's one of my favourite Mariah songs ever. It's probably my favourite song off of Glitter. Like, my favourite bop off Glitter. I think my favourite song is Lead the Way. But I think If We might... No, I think If We might be my favourite song from Glitter. So, yeah. I love If We. I think it should have been a single. I think it would have been a number one. It's a lost number one. I, I'm sure the only reason why she didn't release it is because of the Ja Rule, J-Lo moment. Yeah, and she didn't want to feel like she was copying. But also, Mariah kept delaying Glitter. So it, it makes you think that if Mariah would have gotten Glitter out on schedule, that would have any of this happened? 
I mean, it depends because obviously we know about the whole 9-11 thing and like it, she released it on that day. If she, How far ahead of 9-11 would it have had to have been released for it to actually take off and be a huge thing? I mean, if it had all gone to plan, like if she'd have got the right sample for Firecracker for Loverboy, if everything else would have all been okay. I mean, we're talking a lot here with the glitter because we know there was so many like delays and complications, but like, and changes. But like, if it had all gone to plan, we'd have got all of this ahead of the time we got it. But like, I don't know. I don't think original Loverboy would have been as big as Cameo's Candy Loverboy. But I do think if we would have been a number one. Yeah, I think it could have been. Same. But, but you know what I said about the sound of Ashante and the sound of like the whole R&B 2002 thing, even with JLo's remixes, some of Ashante's collaborations and whatnot, Mariah could have killed that. And I feel like we kind of got a glimpse into what Mariah could have done with Charm Bracelet. Because when you listen back to that now, it's kind of like, I get it. At the time, didn't hit the mark because we'd already got some of those sounds already. But it was just like, if you look back now, it's like that is, of course, what Mariah could have killed. Now that you're saying that, if we, sounds like it could have been on Charm Bracelet to me. Yeah, and I, but if if I'm real, the remix hadn't have come out. I think if we would have been huge, and I feel like it definitely would have. Yeah, and I feel it, like it, it would have totally been huge. And what's the other song she also did? There's another one as well, isn't there? Like, um... <sighs> and if we wasn't even in the movie, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it wasn't. wasn't. No, so, no, it wasn't. Uh, Jada has that remix. That is it. It's gonna be all right or something. I'm gonna be all right. That. And again, the vocals on that, you know, it's it's not that different to the album version from what I've realised this week, but like it is a little punchier and a little bit more hip hop sounding. And um, again, she is not all over it like every other J-Lo song. So I feel like this kind of like remix thing, if none of this like trying to pioneer a remix hadn't have happened for J-Lo, I mean, I don't think she pioneered it, but like that attempt then I think that all of Mariah's efforts around this time would have been huge. If you think about it, because Jennifer Lopez stole this idea, would we have ever had I Know What You Want with Busta Rhymes? But would we have needed it? And also, if I'm Real and Loverboy were fucking huge, would we have an emancipation? True. Exactly. If Mariah didn't ever flop in Glitter, would she have ever been emancipated? Now we're thinking too hard. <laughs> yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a good, it's a very good point. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, oh no, the other one was Ain't It Funny. That was another yeah, this, remix. Yeah, this goes into Ain't It Funny. And this is a another stall, song stolen from Ashanti. This song also changed the way Billboard counted remixes because this was uh, like I'm Real. It was released as the album version on the radio which wasn't as big, like I'm real. And then they re, re they re-released the remix with uh Ja Rule again. So it was the second Ja Rule song with the female and the male rapper. And it sounds completely different from the original because the original is very Latin inspired. I like the original song. I I I, I hate saying this, but I used to love the JLo album so much until I really knew what was going on. But she she re-released this song as a remix with Ja Rule, and the song was so different that people in the industry were complaining, so they had to completely change 
how they counted remixes towards a number one. All I have to say is, ain't it funny that J-Lo is huge and Ashante is like almost in a 2004 time capsule? Like what, like J-Lo has transcended generations and Ashanti is like still like the Ashanti album and Foolish. Yeah. The, the J-Lo album is Ashanti's album, period. That's how I feel about it. I feel like it doesn't give much. That whole album, I've, I had it. Basically, I'll say this. To, to, to go back and listen to some of Jen- Jennifer Lopez's music for this episode, I've listened to the samples from iTunes and, um, uh, and whatever's been on episodes on YouTube that we've had to listen to. But like, I'm not going into too much depth of like the from start to finish songs but like you know verse to chorus you know it's pretty much all you need and I feel like that remix album doesn't give much and I know we've said it before about Mariah's remix album doesn't give much but it gives still gives a lot compared to this and it still could have given more based on what Mariah Carey has given us throughout her whole career of remixes so JLo doesn't really have anything other than this remix album which is completely like it's like the dishwater it's, it's garbage. garbage. Yeah. But they had to re they had to re-release the J-Lo album because the I'm Real remix wasn't on the J-Lo album. Okay. So they had to put something out to sell more for J-Lo and to have the album stay relevant because the I'm Real remix was the biggest song. It was it's probably the biggest song in her career. That's what I'm saying. It, it's the biggest song that shows up on her Apple Music. That song was everywhere. When I say you this, when I tell you that this song was everywhere, you could not go anywhere without hearing all of her. All of her top songs on Apple Music, besides on the floor, are these songs that we're talking about now, and they're all songs that have stolen vocals on them. Hmm. Every song, every hit from J Lo sounds like a different person, except like obviously the Ashanti ones all sound like Ashanti, and the, yeah. all the Christina Ramos songs sound like Christina Ramos. But J Lo's crafted this voice, this sound that's like some people can tell that oh that's Jennifer Lopez, but for me it's very hard for me to tell. It was hard for me to tell in the beginning until you start really listening to it. Because like we said at the beginning of this episode, people have not really exposed Jennifer Lopez. A a lot of people know about it. Not enough people know about it. And you don't really notice it because they layer her voice over in such a way over these other artists' voice. It's hard to tell. It's so sneaky and grimy and shady. That's auto-tune for you, darling. Um, but no, they've been very, someone has been very clever in picking, well, have they? <laughs> There's some songs in particular where they've been very clever at picking background vocals that have a slightly similar tone, but they can actually hold a note. So it kind of blends better. But then there's songs like Christina Milian backing tracked songs or Ashante backing track songs or just whoever sings behind Ain't It Funny, and songs like that, you know, where it, it does come out of nowhere. You're like, oh, God, who's this? This ain't her. So, the most obvious one to me was the original I'm Real. Like, it's so obviously not the voice that I, like, was accustomed to hearing. I was like, oh, that's obviously, like, somebody else. Like, some mm. of these, some of these, I'm like, literally, I had no idea it was J-Lo, like, it was J-Lo's song because... Like I said, when I first heard Love Don't Cost a Thing, I I literally didn't know who it was. Mm. 
Going to Jennifer's third album, or technically fourth, because she released that remix album off of the success of J-Lo, is This Is Me Then. And the first single from that, and one of her most known singles as well, is Jenny from the Block, which ironically, again, it's not Jenny from the Block, it's Natasha Ramos from the Block. So what's the difference between Christina and Natasha? So... Natasha Ramos, she sang most of this album as well. The difference, there's really not a difference, except the difference is that Natasha Ramos kind of sounds like J-Lo. Mm -hmm. So they're really passing her voice off as Jennifer Lopez now. They're okay. really, really trying to play like this is, this isn't just the background vocal. This is J-Lo. Yeah, I kind of noticed that with some of the samples on that I found um, for the album. And I felt like this Natasha Ramos was like the perfect person to bridge the, sh uh, not to sound like a Shante, but there's a Shante elements in her vocals. But there's also obviously a J-Lo tone that can carry a tune that's similar between the two. So she's kind of like bridging that gap to make it sound like that whole thing is authentic to me. And she has similar kind of like, she can flick backwards and forwards with her tones and it sounds similar to something that can blend between J-Lo and Ashante. So if you didn't know at the time, it can sound like it's real or it's really J-Lo. Yes, it was so realistic to J-Lo that people didn't know that it was Natasha Ramos until the... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? People didn't know that it was, wasn't was Jennifer Lopez until the demo of Jenny from the Block leaked. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we need to talk about this original demo because it's got Natasha's whole entire recording of the song. And I'm just going to be 100. It's so much better. But it's, it's literally so, so the song. It's, it's literally, literally the song. Jenny from the Block. It's so crazy. I don't think I've heard this. It's on YouTube. You can find it. You don't really have to because it sounds exactly like Jenny from the Block. Well, oh, yeah, but so even if you, it. It, <laughs> no, you haven't honestly because the the only difference is that they cut out like her verses. Like Natasha Ramos sung the verses, and she had like runs and like actual ad libs and like was good. They switched that with J Lo talk singing the verses, but the original demo of Natasha Ramos singing Jenny from the Block is the better superior version yeah but but yeah they obviously sound very similar because they're trying to pass her voice off as j-lo yeah the way that ashanti's vocals were basically the j-lo album natasha ramos's vocals is the this is me then album 100 percent. exactly and it, this one's done so well that it's got people believing that that's j-lo and another song that Natasha Ramos completely sang was I'm Glad. Do you guys remember this song? This one, I do not know. Really? This was a kind of a big song here. It's the one where she's dancing in the video and she's recreating the flash dance scene at the end where the water falls on her. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, With she was sued for that video. Yeah, she was also sued for copying that dance in the video. Yeah, so this one's a bit of a double whammy as well. Yeah. <laughs> but then the biggest track next to Jenny from the Block on this album was another duet with a rapper with LL Cool J, which was All I Have. I know you know this song. 
I don't think I do. How does it go? This to me was very Mariah. I mean, it doesn't sound like anything in particular that she's done before, but it reminded me of certain songs and the sound of certain songs on Charm Bracelet. Yeah, it does sound like a Charm Bracelet song. But she stole Deborah Law's, because this is a, an original song by Deborah Law. She stole her background vocals. And pardon me if I say this name wrong. I want to say it's McKee Bordrick are the background vocals as well. And I'm not really sure who that is, but those are the background vocals on that song and are not credited. And Jennifer Lopez actually got sued by Deborah Law because that was her original song and it was dismissed in court. Which is ridiculous to me. Imagine if Mariah would have had, I know Mariah does her own stuff, but like imagine if she had something like this on Charm Brace. I mean, she kind of already does, but you know what I mean. That um, sounded like boy and yeah, like. Um, you got me. You irresistible. Got me. irresistible. It sounded a lot like a lot of Charm Bracelet. Yeah. Exactly. So then. But next- this takes us into the Rebirth album, which is when I. The Rebirth album is when I was just completely over Jennifer Lopez, and a lot of the public was kind of over yeah. Jennifer Lopez. I feel like the lead track kind of like gave a little bit of a burst, like the scraping of the barrel of whatever was left. But like after that, it was kind of kaput. No, we've also got um, Get Right, which she stole from Usher. That's what I which, mean. Which I used to love that song, actually. It's a good and thing. Usher was pissed. Yeah, it's a good yep. track. It's a good track. And, she, and there's also vocals on there that are stolen from Lorena Haddad. Oh, really? It's interesting, you know, because we keep going through different people that have provided backing vocals for her. Why so much change? Like, again, obviously, we're all here because of Mariah. But like, if you look at somebody like Mariah and Mariah Carey in particular, she has changed background singers, but she's gone for a particular sound. And, you know, Kelly Price got a record deal. Kelly Price became a star. Fine, we get it. But like, she... I don't want to say that she replaced them, but she kind of got people in who could maintain that that signature sound. Whereas no, but had- also Mariah's background vocals, I I do think she tries to make them sound like her own as well. Like Kelly Price's on the background vocals of "Always Be My Baby," and to me, a lot of the background sound like Mariah. Kelly Price is on the vo- background vocals of the original "The Roof" song. To me, all I can hear is Mariah. So it's not uncommon, but she's credited. Mm-hmm. These girls are not credited, you know? But I feel like Mariah adds background vocals too, as well as the lead. I feel like she's still there, intertwined. Whereas this woman is just sort of like, it's like one thread basically through a tapestry of other like, I don't know how else to say it. It's just, it's minuscule. It's like, oh, there's pops of it here and there. And we don't even know for sure if it is even her because of people like Natasha Ramos. Usher was pissed about this, though. He he went on record saying, I better get publishing rights for this song. Did he write it, did you say? It is a song off of his confession album that they didn't use. Yeah, yes, and I'm like, Usher, why didn't you use it? It's so catchy. To put the two together, it could have, I think for Usher, it could have been more of an album track, but it's it doesn't have hit written all over it, like songs like Confessions and Yeah. and. But that know, song was a hit. Get Right. It wasn't that big. It was like, to me, it was one of her like first, 
like flop kind of songs to me and my eyes it was the scraping of the barrel here's the last interjection yeah it was just like yeah okay yeah i've got number one that's great yeah but the rest of the album like no i remember she premiered the video at the super bowl so it was in front of a lot of people's eyes but a good fact about this song is she was trying to sound like the a marie song one thing because Jayla was trying to steal that song, One Thing, from A-Marie. Yes. But once A-Marie got word of that, they pushed it to the radios. And that song got pretty big, too. And allegedly, it was J-Lo this time pushing to get that song. Nobody yeah. else. And then A-Marie was like, no, bitch, this is mine. Exactly. And good for her. I mean, from what I've heard from, again, like I said, I listened to samples on iTunes. There's a couple of Rich Harrison sounding songs on there. Obviously, Rich Harrison is behind One Thing, Crazy in Love, a lot of songs around that time that had that sound. And uh, there's a couple of songs on um, this particular JLo album that do sound similar, but obviously they didn't knock the same as uh, One Thing. I think, uh, is Get Right a Rich Harrison song? I don't really know much about this song. I mean, I remember this song was everywhere. I think it was even number one here. It was played in all the To bars. me, that song is her, like, crazy in love moment. But the background vocals are Radana Haddad. Oh, really? Not Jennifer. And was that... I can't... I don't even know how to pronounce that name. But was she also on Usher's version? Because the chorus is pretty much the same, right? No, uh, the, song, is... the song was different, but it was reworked. Like, okay. it wasn't... It and Radana the... Haddad sang the demo, and it, it just like most of her other songs, they took the demo vocals and turned it into a song and layered Jennifer Lopez over it. Yeah. I, I wonder what these people are signing. You know, I've had some near misses, basically, where people say, I want to push your work and get people to record it or you know can you record a demo of this and then we'll push it towards this artist this artist and you're like "Mm, okay i'm sure and then you know a contract's placed in front of you to say how they're going to use it and you think "Mm, it there's something that doesn't quite connect and when you say like i need some time to read this and oh this bit basically just says this this this, this, and this and you're like well i'm gonna read it I'm not going to give away my intellectual property to people that I don't know on a a group of people. I don't even know what's going to happen with it. I mean, not get sent out of it. Out of all of them. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, how are these people not? Yeah. Anyway, um, out of all the songs, I think Get Right is my favorite stolen song. Um, (laughs) Do you guys have a favorite favorite stolen song? I like Ain't It Funny. The original version, not the remix version. Probably mine is, it probably has to be If You Had My Love. We're missing one song, though, that we didn't talk about. A big one. And that's... Ride or Die, stolen from Brandy. Oh, like, apparently this was supposed to be on Brandy's aphrodisiac album. And obviously they chose not to. It was released the year before. And... It was, I don't know if it was just shelved or actually passed over to Jennifer Lopez. And what I cannot get my, it's fine. Like, it's a good song. It's a song that I can't imagine anybody else's vocals singing. So why the hell would somebody like Jennifer Lopez keep someone like Brandy's vocals on it? Because of How the hell did she think she was going to get away with that? Exactly. That is 100% Brandy. 100%. This is the first time I remember the public really calling her out about stealing background vocals. 
it's relentless like i remember just thinking there's there's no shame in this woman like she's she's like i don't know she's i don't want to say anything about her thing is something different exactly (laughs) do we have much to say on brave or not there's nothing on brave that she stole was there I don't know. I don't know anything. They could have no, been the, the the Sia song. I don't know when the Sia song happened. I'm just asking because I know she's also stolen another Brandy song in like 2009, 2010 called Louboutins. See, I don't know anything about that. Okay, so she emerged. I don't know. I think she just had her kids or some bullshit like that. And like, so she'd gone and done that whole thing with another like throwaway husband. And then she came back... So with the Louboutin song, it, it, J-Lo performed it on Dancing with the Stars, I feel. It's very, it's obviously by the same person. I feel like it's probably a throwaway track for Brandy because there probably wasn't a lot Brandy could have done with it. When you listen to Brandy's version, it's all on YouTube. When you listen to Brandy's version, it seems like there is a lot more of Brandy in there than the Jennifer Lopez track, but it does feel like there's other stuff going on. I don't know if there's a couple of backing singers there as well, but like... Um, it still sounds more fuller. It sounds, dare I say, more slightly more soulful. I mean, this track isn't that great, but like, there's a lot more authentication towards Brandy than there is in the Jennifer Lopez song. It was leaked as a single. I remember it being like the word, but then it was performed live on Dancing with the Stars or whatever it was, and then it just never happened. So I don't know what happened there, but maybe she realised that it didn't work before, and people were you know, clicking on to what her, what her game is and it just never, it never got released. I've never heard of this song before. I mean, that's a good point. Like, did, did Jennifer Lopez release that as a single? It did, I don't think it actually got released. From what I saw, like I said, when I was listening to samples on iTunes of her, her stuff, I didn't see this. Yeah, I, all I know is that she performed it. I don't know what the ins and outs were after that, but it di- it didn't actually... I don't think it's on her. From what I listened to, I don't think it's on the next album, which was that um, Pitbull album she did. The J-Lo question mark. Is it called Love? Question um, mark. It's all blue and glittery. I know that. I think that is the Love album. Yeah, then that one. It's the one with uh, Get on the Floor or something. That, yeah, yeah, I had that album and it didn't have that song on there. Okay, so now it wouldn't have been on there then. So I don't know what happened with that, but um, maybe somebody did say, really, with your reputation, you got to put the song out? And then it just never got happened. It never happened. But like, it does make me wonder that when people are working with her, why does why do people not suggest to her, why not try doing your own background vocals or let's have less? Or like, who decides that these people like Ashante, Christina Milian, Natasha Ramos, what was the other one? Christina Ramos. All these are the people that have such... I know... They have such stronger vocals, whatever. But, like, why do people keep such the big bulk of their talent in the background vocals? They were probably just trying to get a deal. And this is the best that they could do. And this is the furthest that they could get because Jennifer Lopez snatched it from them and sucked up their clout and used it as her own and just threw them away. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many more albums she's had since that Pitbull album, but it's gone quite quiet, like... It seems to have pretty much just stayed in one place, which is like, well, the majority of her career. But like, whatever she's released after, I, I don't know how many, but like, if she's had like at least two albums, let's say, there's nothing really that's come out about afterwards. So I can't imagine what the rest of her. I saw a couple of other things there and I thought, I don't know anything about these, so I didn't go in. But like, 
it does make me wonder like who else is involved and up to this point what are people signing it's it's quite scary and any kind of like upcoming singers should be aware that if JLo's name is on any kind of contract, don't sign it. Exactly. Okay, so well, I don't have really much else to say about um, the Rebirth album. What are our final thoughts on her? I feel like as her thing is something different, she should probably pay that money back. I, I know you can't sit down and work it all out, but you probably could. But like, compensate the people that gave you those lyrics that gave you those um the strength behind your shitty voice the people that have given you your fucking fake legacy your legacy is like cheap smelling perfume and go with that like that's probably all drying up right now for her and you know each relationship is basically like a milestone for her she is literally the millie vanilli (laughs) of our time she's definitely the millie yes and i feel like that's why i feel like she should she should have some kind of payback. Like, they've been completely, like, I don't even know, they've just disappeared. Like, I don't even know if their stuff is available online to stream or whatever, but apparently, I can't even name a Millie Vanilli song. Apparently they had some good songs, but she has apparently got some good songs, but, you know... She's never been exposed. Well, people are exposing her, but she's not been exposed in the same way because... Well, I don't know why, to be honest. Like I don't either. And that boggles my fucking brain. Like, they found out about Millie Vanilli, and then, like, a week, they canceled them. And this was back in the early 90s. And Jennifer Lopez is going to release 20 different songs, and they don't do shit about it. They're mm-hmm. just sweeping it under the rug. Exactly. And this this actually, I mean, I'm sh- this of the Manili Vanilli thing, um, involved people of course because there were people singing the songs like did they get the money for it whatever but like there needs to be something because the people that were involved are put out there and they became huge stars afterwards it's not a case of like yeah well they've had their day they had their moment they also had a moment where they gave something up for somebody bigger and they didn't deserve that that fame that bigger person well i haven't heard any new music from jennifer lopez in a really long time so thank God for that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. She also like stole Beyonce's dance moves from Partition at her Vegas residency. Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. Like she even like will steal dance routines. Like we said, the music video, mm-hmm. the Beyonce's Partition music video. What do all these people have in common? Who? All these people that she stole from. A good voice, talent. They actually have talent. <laughs> They're all black female singers, except for Usher. But he's black too, and an R and B. They're all like R and B artists. Jennifer Lopez isn't black. Not J Lo. I girl. Everyone she stole from is black. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Usher is black. I know. <laughs> you said they were all black females, and then you said except Usher, and I was like, oh well, Usher's still black though. But you know what? There's there seems to be an ongoing theme here as well because remember what Tommy Matola said about rappers to Mariah. So it kind of opens up what his perspective is on this kind of thing, like talent. He had closed eyes towards it when Mariah wanted to make her own kind of music, and then he'd said the stuff. Oh, these people will be polishing my shoes or whatever. He said, or oh, these people will be working at McDonald's next year or whatever, and that obviously wasn't the case. And but then, then he's using them exactly. and putting a completely different face on it. So he's taking what Mariah has taught him and using it 
and trying to like beef up this so-called i mean she, there's, she doesn't look like mariah but you know he's trying to market her as some kind of other kind of mariah um, and I guess at some point they had a similar look, but they didn't really look alike. And so he's using it to like back her career. And it's it's him exploiting black artists. I don't think she has that sort of like knowledge or kind of thought process to do that. So I think she's completely oblivious. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll release it. She's just going along with it. You know? I don't think there's any way she's completely oblivious. That's, yeah, I think there's that's no way that she didn't I think that's fucking absolutely know. ludicrous. I don't believe that whatsoever. I don't think she's that fucking stupid. Like stupid people don't get that successful in my opinion. Like she, to me, she's up there with like a Kim Kardashian, like, like, yeah. what are you really famous for type situation? And I know that Kim has also, she's also fucked over Brandy and Brandy's also had to sue her ass. So it's just like, it's very common for people who are super uber successful, like above the level of Mariah, like the level of Kim K, the level of JLo, that you had to do something in order, you had to step on somebody else to get to that level, in my opinion. She's a yeah. shady person. There's no way in hell that she didn't know that this was other artists' things. When she's obviously not writing this shit, when she knows that that is not her voice on the back of a track, there's no way. She knew this, but like you said before, she's being too fucking quiet about it. And she way too won't fucking take, quiet. She won't take any accountability for it she won't fess up to it because people aren't able to hold her accountable for it for some yeah. weird fucking reason she's never been able to take ownership of these shady things that she has done yeah mariah wasn't forgetful bitch she remembered that's how i feel about her she wants to say that mariah's fucking forgetful that she doesn't know you girl by has she ever toured i know she's done like quote unquote live sort of performance like dancing on tv but like she's never toured has she i think she's toured really like a full and she, on, had like... The Ve- she had a vegas residency oh she did she did have a vegas residency but she's never done like a world tour or like a complete american tour has she i'm sure she has i just didn't pay it any attention that's another thing that she just it's like she copies mariah's career mariah went on american idol so jennifer lopez went on american idol mariah uh had a vegas residency j-lo had a vegas residency like it's uh, she's so grimy to me and her fucking speech that's blowing up on tiktok and let me tell you something else I'm just getting started. A complete copy of Mariah's Billboard speech. Bitch, you're like almost as old as Madonna. You are in dinosaur status right now. Like talking I'm about, talking about. I'm just getting started. <laughs> I love to go on her social medias and troll her. Every time she posts something, I'm always like, "Who'd you steal this from this time?" She had a live the other day on TikTok, and I was like, "What black artist did you steal fr- this from?" Well, hopefully these artists will have their justice one day and she I'm will be glad exposed. that we came. I'm glad that we came forward, did our d- lamb due diligence and we spoke out about it. And now it's up to the listener to carry it on and pass the torch. Exactly. If you're listening to this episode right now and you know someone who loves Jennifer Lopez, send this shit to their ass. Expose her. Let 
them know what kind of an artist she really is. If you really want to call her an artist, let them know. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Obsessed Podcast. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram at the Obsessed Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're on everything. So give us a follow and a like, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks, you guys. Goodbye. Bye bye. I don't waste dream. No. Whoa. I'm sorry. Sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, everybody. That hurt me, too.